Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-host Joanna Belson. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill and Joanna discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. High on the Hog's back. It's been a little while, but we're back and we're still high on the hog. The podcast And this week we have Keiko Beatty, a woman with so many credentials that they'll take half the show just to list that she's board member of the normal OC, Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, Orange County, director of education for Coral Cove Cannabis Jamaica, contributing writer for Marijuana.com, for Weed Maps, created the Cannabis International Tourism Association, is on the board of the Cannabis Tourism Association, and there's more. (laughs) I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Yet you look perfectly normal. Well, I try to be normal, as normal as one can be in this industry. What is normal? What is normal? Thank you so much for having me, Meryl and Joanna. It's such a pleasure and honor to be here. My true background is is that is based in homeopathics and Bach flower remedies and uh, Chinese Ayurvedic medicine. You, you, I, your bio says Bach flower. I don't know the term. Can you well, explain? Bach flower is actually the ancient European art of flower medicine. And it's like homeopathics. And uh, that's the newer brand of that is homeopathic. So if you look at, you know, the room, uh, movie Romeo and Juliet, how they had the little friar who had mixed up a potion there and yeah. had Juliet fall asleep for about three days, which every girl needs once in a while. <laughs> anyway, that was through Lobelia and other flowers. And that is the art of flower medicine, Bach flower. And so cannabis falls under that? Hello. What is the, fl- the cannabis? It is a flower. Right, right. It's a flower plant. And it's a female flower plant. So we really try to lean as much as we can towards medicine here. And you're Ayurvedic and Chinese and holistic. Um, is it ancient in all of them or is it new to some of them? Well, those are all very ancient forms of medicine, medicinal plant-based medicine. And it's something that I grew up as a very young girl in my family. My father was doing herbal moxie blends, and I was cupping my father before I was 10. But I thought that every girl had to do that for their father. Little did I know it was just child labor. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, My dad made me bring the patio furniture in. (laughs) (laughs) The flower in your hair makes me think you're from Hawaii originally. Um, Well, I have lived and worked there before I fully came out within the cannabis industry. I worked in the surf industry. I curated surf uh, film festivals (laughs) and other uh, events all over the world, from Bali to South Africa to Brazil to... um, Noosa Head, Australia. And I'm, a, I'm guessing the connection between surfing and cannabis is pretty close. Well, you know, they go with a natural flow and vibe there, <laughs> and they're able to chill out better than after they've ridden a radical wave. Of the three medicines, the three disciplines we mentioned here, Ayurvedic, Chinese, and holistic, is there a different approach towards the use of cannabis? Well, no, because it is a natural plant-based medicine, and all those followings of a medicinal use follows natural uses of products, which are plants. 
So it's it's all the same. And if you look in ancient history, in 7000 BC, they found found in Joan area of Japan in a tomb there of a medicine person cannabis. But it was in 3700 BC in China where a medicine man there actually started documenting the use of cannabis flower-based medicine along with hemp. And you know, it wasn't until the 1930s in America that there was really any restriction. That's true, because you can find apothecary jars from the 1880s that said cannabis sativa, as well as bottles of medicinal oils from cannabis long before the 1930s. I went to a presentation at UCLA on cannabis and cancer, and one of the slides they had was from Eli Lilly, a pretty big company. It was from the 20s or 30s, and it was a bottle of cannabis. And it was like, well, that's changed a little bit. And it shows that historically they had in their uh, different research areas cordoned off high uh, brick fences that behind it, they were growing cannabis there in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So as as we mentioned earlier, not on the show, but before the show, um, the this, this show began with my coming down with an autoimmune disorder called uh, bullous pemphigoid which was basically like having uh, chicken pox from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. Um, if I had come to you with that, how would you have diagnosed? What would you have given to me? Well, I do support and understand Western medicine. And some of the things that we do need is testing, your blood work testing and urine, and finding out where the imbalances are in your body. So I would definitely say we'd have to go through and assess your um, your body chemistry and the Dynetics of your system. Well, I had three biopsies, and the biopsies determined I had bullous pemphigoid. Um, in terms of why I had it, in terms of what imbalance, it was probably a payback for the evil ways of my life. And see, <laughs> and see, holistically, I want to always look at not the symptom. I don't want to mask your symptom. I have a desire to look at the cause so you never have to have these symptoms again. And that's the one thing about holistic medicine. We always look to the cause and not the symptom. And finding out and finding out where your imbalances is. I look at a lot of things like how acid and alkaline your body is. That shows a lot because I'm sure it sounds like with your condition you had, you, there was some possibly some pain factors involved with it. Mostly there was itching. Mm-hmm. Itching like you can't even believe there's itching, at which point you will take anything you can find that makes the itching stop. And when someone gave me a, um, a, a THC CBD lotion and the itching stopped after using all sorts of high-end uh, prescription medicines, none of which did anything, it was like, this is it. This is the answer. I there love it is. that. That makes me just breathe so much deeply for you. It was um, it was truly miraculous. I remember um, my wife put it on parts of me um, before I went to bed, and and I think I woke her up a couple hours later saying, "I'm not itching. Oh, I'm not itching. This is amazing." This is, so I'm I'm a true believer based on actual experience. As are many of the people that we've we've done events, and you know a lot of the people there are older people who are suffering from pain and they don't want to go the opioid route. Of course. Um, and they've, they've taken enough um, enough NSAIDs, enough Advil to have holes burned in their stomachs. And it's like, what can we do? Well, the great thing about natural plant-based medicine, a lot of it 
coincides with the chemistries in our body, in our own healthy body. And that's what it works to do. It works to balance things out. So um, when we have any inflammation and the itching, as you say, it's usually because certain acidity levels are elevated. And that's what we try and do. We try and balance it out. Now, you're situated in Orange County. Correct. You work with a lot of cannabis organizations in Orange County. Um, I've long perceived Orange County as a very conservative part of the world. Well, it used to be home of the John Birch Society, and a lot of people say it's behind the orange curtain. But we have to figure that it has one of the first cities that's had a alternative lifestyle mayor. So I feel that there are certain pockets of progression there. And as I think we move forward into the 21st century, we are seeing a balance of equality as well as a transition of um, more mindfulness. And that's what I like to see. I like to see us all come together on the same level of understanding us as humankind, human beings. Keiko, you know they're not going to have a, um, a cannabis stand at Disneyland. They well, might one day. You never know. <laughs> well, speaking of Orange County, uh, nine years ago, I thought, how could I educate the the public here that would never be open to cannabis or natural plant-based medicine? So I, what did I do? I went to the county fair in both San Diego and Orange County, and I decided I'm going to cook with hemp. And I was able to openly talk about endocannabinoids and the different aspects of having a more of a plant-based diet. And this was years ago when it was considered maybe I was in a cult. But um, I came through. I tried to appear like I was a, a nice conservative Asian and <laughs> <laughs> cooking with vegan vegetarian and raw hemp and hemp flour and toasted hemp seeds and I will say three years ago, somebody called up the fair and said, you have somebody cooking with pot at the fair. And when they asked me, I said, what, me? No, you can buy this at Trader Joe's and Costco. And they thought about it and they said, okay, go ahead. And I will say from that, I've been able to help a lot of people with information. And two years ago, a woman came with her husband and she was diagnosed with cancer that week. And she wanted to come learn about if any of this could help her. Within eight months, she was cancer-free. Wow. That's one of those stories. The county fair. Who knew? We we are major fans of the county fair, my husband and I, and our kids refuse to go. It's too we, corny for them, no, huh? No, they just, it's too much fun. We're too great of parents. Anyway. Oh, okay. So we give them to other people <laughs> and we go. And my husband's actually entered food in the fair. I love it. Sauces and stuff. So. Was, it, was that Los Angeles or was that Orange he County? He did both. Okay. Because so, they're, they're very different from each other. Yeah, but they he, are. I remember he drove down to Orange County for one and out to uh, the Fairplex in Pomona for the other. On I, my bucket list is someday going to one of the Midwestern ones where yes. they have hundreds of deep fried things. Minnesota. And I'm not sure I would eat all those deep fried things. I'm not sure I could live if I ate all those deep fried things, but I want to see them. So speaking of deep frying, I had a great experience over the, uh, the last month. I actually burned my finger horribly cooking um, caramel for New oh. Year's Eve. Oh. So I'm on 31 days today-ish. Um, but I burned my finger so badly, it was probably like a second or third degree burn or whatever. Third degree is charring. It was blistered and yeah. terrible. However, I had met someone a few weeks earlier who had given me a THC salve and I had it in my purse. And I, all I remember her saying is, it's great for burns. 
So I went in my purse and immediately started applying it. I had zero pain in my finger Mm -hmm. from the entire burn experience. Everyone would look at it and be like, oh my God, that must be so painful. No pain whatsoever. Um, So I just wanted to report it. Those of us who have tried cooking sugar-based products over the years learn quickly that you don't ever do that. Uh. Years ago, I actually tried to make marshmallows. Oh. Aside from the fact that it doesn't work, (laughs) um, whatever you cooked it in will never be usable again because it will never come out. It it totally welds itself to the uh, to the pan, and it's like you know, for like two bucks, I could have bought some nice marshmallows at the market. What was I doing? There are certain things you, you're curious, but you don't want to do it. I tried making bagels, too. That was another, no. <laughs> no, you need, like you need to be in New York and get the water there to <laughs> make a good bagel. Interestingly, um, we had um, a chef on early on. Holden remember? Jagger. I yeah, love Holden. Holden. And I think he's an artiste. The thing with Holden's food, and he posts some beautiful pictures on Instagram, is that, I first of all, this is three-star cooking this is exceptional cooking he's at the james beard house he's he's something but the fact that there's cannabis products in there is almost it's an aside it's not a cannabis based dish it's a salad that has some cannabis in it yes he's managed to integrate it and i'm not sure that uh, that all products actually integrate it well oh he definitely curates not just to have a cannabis uh, item in there, but with the whole taste and the whole experience, he wants it to actually envelop you in that whole flavor. Yeah, he's he's um he's a master of it. Yes, he he's a master of it. He's had some trouble with his postings, however, because you know restrictions on the um, and all that. I have a very uh, much Social of an affinity with edibles. I actually have you ever heard of the Emerald Cup? Yes. I'm the head judge of edibles there. Oh yes. my god. And Amazing. Used to write for an edibles magazine and I get invited to wonderful dining experiences. So, so as the head judge, how much do you have to taste <clears throat> of a weekend? You have to taste quite a bit, but I actually use a product called Undo. I've heard of it. Oh, I love it. It's with the main ingredients is olivenol, which actually works to um, detach the effects of THC within the system. I'm going to get you some just to try and see. Are you like a wine taster? Do you spit? Uh, (laughs) I'm not that much of a spitter per se. I'm a lady. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think when you really are tasting an edible, it's best that you masticate well and do a good mixing of your saliva to really get the flavors as well as the infusion. If you spit too soon, you're not going to be able to get all the nuances of of a good edible. Years ago, I was the judge at a cooking contest in Taipei. I had to taste 120 dishes. Let me tell you, it does not... Your enthusiasm wanes very quickly. Um, it's it, People think, oh, that must be fantastic. And you know what? It's hard work. It is hard work, and somebody's got to do that job. Um, I think you might have one of the best jobs in the world. I'm very do blessed. Do you have a high tolerance um, for edibles? Is that Because I can eat a ton and nothing, you know. Well, I actually, we are given a period of time to do it properly, and I think you do need a period of time to actually go through the process. So I try and give myself at least a couple of weeks to do that. And so do you obviously get the edibles ahead of time? And yes, we okay, do. So it's not like you're on site yes, and we you do. have to like do a sampling right there. And but this last year, it was during the time of um, MJ BizCon in Vegas. Yes. And 
a little bit before that. So I did have certain days where it was quite potent for me, and luckily I wasn't driving. Now, uh, you told us before the interview that you were involved with a resort in, a cannabis resort yes. in Jamaica. Is it the only cannabis resort there? Well, there are many resorts there that, um, not that actually cultivate on site, but they'll offer their guests their cannabis. Well, it's all inclusive. I mean, that's what <laughs> they have to. I would say ours is the only one where we cultivate on site and we're able to dispense legally to our guests. And it's because we are focused on health and wellness education with natural plant-based medicine. And it's, a, I mean, hello, I have a dream job. I really have a dream job. And because my heartfelt space is education and what better place than on the waters of the Caribbean there, having fresh flour that's well-tested and well-curated to have guests come in, maybe some who have illnesses or some who are wanting to learn about how to take care of their body. And we put together educational programs. I have Dr. Adam Abadili. He is a surgeon out of upstate New York who wrote the book, A Surgeon's Perspective on Cannabis. And I should get you a copy of that so you can read it. He's wonderful. And he does a, a certification course on being a consultant in the industry. And I also have a, some, a couple of women's group who are coming in there and some nurses education coming in. So it's very exciting to be able to plan these things while also you have guests who are there kayaking, snorkeling, and, and just enjoying the, the um, cannabis. I think we're coming for Thanksgiving. When would you year? like my to whole come? Family. My parents would love it. My sister, <clears throat> my husband. We'd have to figure out something. Well, to do you know, with when, when, when I was speaking <laughs> to you before the show, um, I said, isn't that bringing coals to Newcastle? I mean, isn't tea to China? Isn't, I mean, I've been, in, I've been in Jamaica. There's cannabis everywhere. There is, but how much of it is tested? See, that's the big difference. It's legal. There's and lots of lots of uh, guys with, um, you know, weird hair. They're all testing it every day. <laughs> well, you don't know what pesticides they're putting right. on it or where it's grown. So this is an avenue to get, you know, pure. Yes, well, um, as laws do come into... Um, you know, just like California, with Prop 64, out came a lot of new regimen on testing and making sure products were healthy enough for um, people to utilize for their self as medicine. Same being for Jamaica. They are medical use right now, and they do have about three or four dispensaries on the island, but they have many people who are growing in their backyard. And not that we want to see that homegrown essence won't go away but for us being able to have a resort that takes responsibility wants to have well-tested product curated on site and being able to educate people hand in hand that's what's really exciting it hasn't really been done before and we look forward to having a clinic there as well as um, a patient beds for about 32 patients is jamaican cannabis different from california cannabis yeah, have you because you spent a fair amount of time down there? Are you noticing points of uniqueness? As we know, the um, type of growing situation in Northern California and Southern Oregon, I will say, is some of the best in the whole world. There's an area of Jamaica called Orange Hill that has some of the same type of growing um, aspects uh, that grow good cannabis. So, yes. 
the thing about Jamaican cannabis is that with the Rastafarian church, this is their holy sacrament as part of their religion. So it's grown with a different mindfulness that possibly isn't done in Humboldt County. Um, There is consciousness there in Humboldt County for cultivation, but uh, for the Rastafarian church, because it goes much deeper into a spiritual level. So it's an interesting comparison. Yes, I have utilized both forms of it, and I would have to say that I've enjoyed them both. How does a mother pick their favorite child? It's (laughs) difficult. Um, the attitude down there must be different than, than it is in the United States. I mean, uh, uh, pardon me if I generalize here, but it's, you know, as I said, I've thought of cannabis as being uh, used for a long time. It Go has. Back, Bob it has been, but you would be surprised. I know many people from being there down there at Coral Cove and and just meeting people on the street. Not everybody uses cannabis. It's very divided. Yes. I'm, I'm okay. I'm surprised. I no. There's I, a lot of people who still feel cannabis is a drug and yes. it's horrible. And you know, my generation, you know, Nancy Reagan taught us when we were growing up that just say you know, no the drugs. And a lot of my friends and colleagues are very like one eyebrow up. What is Joanna doing? She's still in cannabis, from you know. But it's you don't realize it's very mainstream. You talk to people like my parents. They're open to it. You know, it helps with their aches and pains and all that good stuff. I love the senior market. And I think that is the next forefront for understanding the progress of the cannabis community. Do you know in 10 years, more of the country will be over the age of 65 than under? Absolutely. And as we're getting to that age group, I'm already there, by the way, um, I'm finding that the um, senior generation really do want to know about more natural things. They're afraid of polypharmacy, which is one who's taking more than five pharmaceutical drugs at a time. They want. They are afraid of the being addicted to opioids. What better choice than to use a natural plant-based medicine where it doesn't always have to be THC-oriented. You can use natural plant-based medicine and find that it helps you and it doesn't get you high. Look, you didn't get high from using your topical, and no. look at you now. I haven't seen you itch once. <laughs> no. Um, have you run into the vaping issue at all? Well, the vaping issue, as we know, if we've researched it, it was the companies that were doing a nicotine base mixed with fruit flavored uh, that had vitamin E oil in it or other carcinogens that would be very harmful if you were to inhale it. And what they have found is because of the testing from that came about through Prop 64, anything cannabis-based or even hemp-based out there has been so well-tested so much that it doesn't have any inkling that would harm anyone. Now, for other people, I'm going to call it the alternative market that is not been tested. We could have some concerns there, but overall... Anybody who's gotten ill from vaping was using tobacco place products that had flavoring in it that had other additives that were unhealthy. And also were vaping to excess. I remember there was one hospitalized kid who was taking over 200 puffs a day. And what is that, 20 packs of cigarettes? Well, when you make it taste like cotton candy or whatever, pina colada, the kids are, you know, um, attracted to it. In terms of the medicines that you, the, the forms of medicine you deal with, Ayurvedic and Chinese and holistic, 
um, are they? I, I trust they're more edible than they are um, smokable. Um, well, they're all edible to a certain degree if you want to eat them. But well, I, no, in, ter- in terms of what, if you know what what you would recommend for someone, it would be an edible rather than a smokable. Actually, no. Um, really. Well, there are topicals, there are sublingual strips, there are tinctures. It just depends. I actually, with OC Normal, we have a bud tender training program, and my specialty is sharing about forms of consumption. Everybody is different in how it assimilates into the body. Depending on person's lifestyle, too, what would be the best for them? You would have to see where they're at, what type of lifestyle they have. Yes, of course, when you burn anything, the carcinogenics from the smoke is a lot um, less favorable. But because it is such a quick onset, if you have a lot of pain, it's going to immediately take care of the pain or any stress or anxiety. So if you did an edible, that could take a half an hour to an hour and a half to take uh, effect. And of course, we run into the problem, as did your mother, Joanna, of, I don't feel anything, I think I'll take more. I'm still not feeling anything, I think I'll take more. Why are you not getting off the couch, honey? (laughs) (laughs) And see, that's why we need more education. We need to be able to partner with people who are just beginning, share them how to journal themselves when they try anything new, and being able to regulate what is going to be good for their body. We all, if we all in this room here took the same um, edible or topical or vape, it would affect us all differently because we have different forms of digestive system as well as how well hydrated we are and our whole liver system too. It's all going to be different. That's why each person needs to know their own dosage and the type of medicine that they consume with. But remember, we're also Americans and we have... Excess. A great passion for, well, instant gratification. It's like waiting two hours for it to kick in, too long. Too what, long. Do you got, what do you got that's five minutes? I think it's two minutes. Right. You know, and indeed, a smokable, as you just said, would be very quick very, onset. Very quick. And also, some sublinguals can have a quick onset yeah. as well. There's a great product, um, Breeze uh, Spray. Yes. That's my favorite. It's like sprayed under your tongue uh-huh. and it kicks in real quick. And there's also eye drops and nose sprays that work very quickly as well. Anything that's absorbed through your mucous membranes has a very quick onset. Though I've enjoyed many of the candy-based THC CBD delivery systems. I I tend to wonder if it's the candy that's appealing to me and not the healing. Um, Some of them are, uh, those those petromints are very tasty. They're pretty pretty darn good. It's a nice mint. And being an edibles judge, I'm always looking for more savory items and more things that are healthier, not as much sugar, gluten-free, paleo. And this year at the Emerald Cup, they had a new division called Savory, and they also had a beverage division. And Oh, that was fun. The beverages. <laughs> Loved that. I felt like I was, I, I've never actually drank alcohol and I've never smoked cigarettes, but I felt like I was a bar fly on a Saturday night. By savory, do you mean like a, a CBD hamburger? Or there was, um, let's see, beef jerky. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And other things like uh, savory popcorn. And I know a company that was making nacho tortilla chips and buttered popcorn and does the cbd really last in all those you know when when things are cooked when things are processed you know or does it just fade into 
the distance? It depends on how it's um, curated. I mean, if it's an isolate, uh, they say over a period of time, too high of an isolate can be um, restrictive in certain ways. Uh, it has to be stored properly and and also, it's how it's derived from the plant, too. I mean, I tried a CBD, some CBD coffee beans the other day. Uh-huh. And um, a pineapple hill or something like that. I, I mean, it was made a good cup of coffee. I, I don't know if it did any any CBD work for me, but it made a decent cup of coffee for a very small bag for $18. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, well, uh, you know, I'm glad to try it. I don't feel much. I really enjoy, have you had the Pantry Food Company edibles? They have very healthy-based ones like Keto Bites. Oh. Um, they try, their approach is conscious consumers who care what they're putting in their body. I love that. We and that's what I want to see. Oh, that's what I really want to see. I want to see more conscious uh, products being made. Oh, they're fantastic and delicious. Well, and you, more chefs um, and they're chef doing inspired, great they're, things they out there. And we do in Los Angeles have one cannabis cafe. Yes, over, been over to in West it. Hollywood. Yes, and Andrea Drummer's the chef there. I know her. I actually met her the first time she ever competed in oh. a competition. And to me, she won hands down. She did win. It's a gorgeous space. A it fantastic is fantastic menu. Um, it was a very smoky. I actually went in um, recently, so it's. Well, you can't smoke in in, in Los Angeles restaurants. Y- yes, you can. There you can. <laughs> the original. Yeah, I, was, I was concerned because I didn't think people would want to sit in a smoky restaurant, but they do. They had no problem with it That's when I went there. It's a really great space, though. Yeah, the original cafe. You should go, Meryl. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, actually, we, we're going to do a show from there. I'm working on it. I'd oh, love great. to have because Meryl and his food background. I'd love yeah. to eat and talk. Yes. I've been meaning to. I, I, I wasn't sure if I could get in. It's, no, I had a feeling that we, it we'll, would have a long wait list. No, we're uh, weekdays, it um, it's not a problem no, to okay. get in during the weekdays. We're going to do a future show from there. It and they, like, they sounds like fun. This week I saw that they had ten dollar pre roll specials. So <laughs> Yeah, they have a whole menu of cannabis they bring over. They it's have crazy. baked Alaska yes, for dessert. Get, like, a nice cup of soup. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, they have a fantastic menu. And so. they have a lot of healthy alternatives too, vegan dishes. They have a wonderful cauliflower vegan nachos. Uh, one that's not so much vegan. They have a great baked Alaska. Who has baked Alaska? And can, I mean, is this stuff available with cannabis and without? Now, actually, you have your waiter or waitress, but then you also have your cannabis sommelier who comes with a separate menu there where you can see what the they have on the menu that week for the cannabis products. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a great experience. We actually went there with OC Normal. We had a bus. That took us from Orange County up to there, and we had a great time. A party bus. Keiko Beatty, well, a joy and a pleasure. Thank you for coming all the way up from Orange County. I'm so honored. To and High again, on the Hog, the podcast. And again, I do want to say February 27th at the Newport Beach Marriott, the Orange County Cannabis and Chamber of Commerce will be welcoming Lori Ajax. That'll be an event. Yes. Thank you. Thank it's you. Meryl Schindler with Joanna Belson, Phil Gian Grande. This is High on the Hog, the podcast. Catch us next time. More CBD talk. This is Meryl Schindler. Hey, here at High in the Hog, the podcast, we always listen to the Mary Jane Experience. It's one of our favorite shows. 
So if you listen to High in the Hog, the podcast, listen to the Mary Jane Experience. High in the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend.